I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. I'm joined today by, no word of a lie, a sporting legend, a lioness who was the top goal scorer in the UEFA Euros 2022, which saw England crown champions. She's also the winner of Sports Personality of the Year 2022. It is, of course, Beth Mead. Beth has just published her first children's book, Roar, which is an inspirational handbook for readers age seven plus who want to find and play the sport they love and achieve their dreams. Welcome to the podcast, Beth. Thank you for having me and a great introduction. How are you doing today? It's still surreal when people say some of them awards that I've won. It still doesn't, it yeah. seems like I'm in a little bit of a dream world, so it's still sometimes nice to hear <laughs> yeah it must be nice it must be like a little reminder like oh that's me that's me that they're talking about literally it's like yeah I like sport personality of the year and stuff like it just baffles me like even having the trophy in the house and stuff like I'm just like I've watched that show for so many years never ever did I think my name would be on that trophy so yeah yeah just incredible incredible yeah. so let's talk about your book first of all roar it's all about getting kids to find their sporting passion isn't it yeah. why is that so important to you to inspire that yeah so I mean obviously it's a guide for like dreaming big and finding the sport you love and I think why not dream big um you know there's a possibility of doing a lot of different sports professionally now obviously mine being football but I think the importance of the book was to you know share that all sports are okay sport is for everybody um I obviously played a lot of sports growing up um I was quite gifted at sport which obviously is my favorite lesson at school so I couldn't wait for that one every every week but um you know I did hockey cricket netball athletics um I tried them all um and my true love was football the one that resonated with me most um you know, I went on the pitch and everything else in the world didn't matter. Um, so I knew that was the one for me. Um, it was a close call between that and hockey. I was pretty good at that. But just what fit me best was football. Um, so I think I wanted to write a book knowing that growing up, if I had something like this to read, it would be incre- I would have been so, you know, inspired and in awe of being able to do and think about doing that. And, it, yeah, I think it was a super important to give something back to the next generation and try and help them with little tips and tricks and things within life and obviously the book 
um hopefully can do that you know ask some questions it makes about them think about things that they might not have even thought about yet um and yeah so far it's had some good feedback so fingers crossed that yeah it keeps getting a little bit more it's amazing because you know it's it's about sport but it's not about sport you know actually um anyone anyone who's listening whose kids aren't particularly sporty you should definitely buy them this book because actually there's so much in it that is kind of like general motivational stuff about stepping out of your comfort zone, you know, not being scared of things. It just feels like you've written a self-help book for kids. Yeah. I mean, life isn't easy. It throws a lot of things at us. Um, And not that you want to scare kids to think about that, but I think it's the real reality of life isn't going to throw you, you know, rainbows and butterflies and, it's okay for feeling in certain ways so I mean people see me as a bubbly fun character but when I was younger I struggled like you said coming out my comfort zone you know testing myself on a a different level um you know I was 12 when I first went away with England I loved my little cushy life in my little village back home in North Yorkshire but the next thing I know I'm 12 and I'm sat in a car with a complete stranger taking me to an England camp which is six hours away from where I live and I got myself so worked up and so upset um that I you know I could have easily walked away and not done football because it was too much for me but yeah I think it, if a young boy or girl has the same whether it's in football or I don't know going to school on the morning or whatever it may be like I've obviously put in there like my mum always told me like one step at a time and I think as simple as it sounds like it helped me so much um you know through life like sport is it teaches you a lot of life lessons you know um and I think that's like you said it's a help book for kids you know it doesn't have to be a sport that you have to be nervous about you could be nervous about your exam or I don't know walking down the street and being scared or going to the cinema with your friends for the first time or something like I I just think yeah it was important to kind of share that they're not alone and these feelings are okay but how can you learn and how can you know you mature as a as a person from that so fingers crossed that it helps in any kind of way for any any kid or adult or adult I mean, I'm not being, I'm not being funny but I was I was I was reading it and I was like <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I should remember that that's a really good point there was a bit there was there was a whole bit about um you know learning from the tough times and I was like yes I need to remember that. That's really good advice. So thank you, Beth. It's not. It's okay. Simple is better sometimes, you know. We overcomplicate life, so simple sometimes can help. It's so true. It's so true. So thinking back then to your your own childhood, um, who inspired you to play sport? You say in the book that you had loads of energy and that your parents needed to tire you out. And I think (laughs) a lot of parents will be able to relate to that. I know I've got four-year-old twins and I am constantly like, what can I do? to just run run them tired so that they go to bed tonight um you know was that the kind of driving force you think originally for your parents yes um I was I was a handful um you know I had so (laughs) much energy to give I I still do to be fair people like where'd you get that energy from I'm like I don't know I had that since a kid but um yeah my my mum tried a few things obviously I speak about in the book she tried ballet I didn't run up there wasn't enough going on in ballet for me she obviously bribed me for my first ever puppy to try and get to me to my first ballet exam which I did that was my motivation again and then I gave up ballet not long after that but 
that's amazing though like when i read that in the book i was like that's impressive you must have been what about six or seven at the time no a bit younger just just younger yeah maybe four or five but my mum but do we even do we even do that to kind of you know persevere at something that you weren't loving and sit in the exam doing the exam because you wanted that puppy that's impressive I mean, my mum knew me too well, maybe, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got my puppy. I did my ballet exam and I got home that day. And my puppy was waiting. So they was good bribes. I'll take them type of bribes any day. But yeah. Uh, yeah, again, I had so much energy to burn. And my mum took me to my, we were lucky, our local village put on a Saturday morning volunteered football session, a uh, six-year-old at that point, And she took me down obviously at the time only boys session so I was a little bit like oh well like as a kid I didn't overthink anything so I was like oh it's fine mum he said they were a little bit rough will she be okay mum was like it's fine I'll come get her in now we'll see how we get on obviously returned in an hour and the guy was like yep yeah, she's a bit rougher than most of the boys so <laughs> yeah um yeah so the rest is history from there, obviously. But yeah, I used to use my younger brother. He was three years younger. I used to boot a ball at him normally down the hallway. But I think there was a few too many incidents in the house that my mum got fed up with that. So she took me outside to play football at that point. And what were the things that your mum and dad did for you that you now looking back can see, apart from obviously your mum taking you along to that first session, what are the things that they did for you that helped lead you to your success? There's a lot of things I think now I'm older that I appreciate so much more than obviously I realised when I was younger. Um, You know, because I was pretty good at football, I had to travel maybe 45 minutes an hour to the local session to uh, play in a girls team and develop a little bit more. So, you know, my dad drove us around. Uh, My mum worked two jobs just to, you know, pay petrol to put in the car. And even when I said earlier, like... um, being out of my comfort zone I'd sit at the end of the bed the night before going to England camp and panic and panic and make myself you know ill and anxious about things and my mum on a morning would get me up make sure I ate and then get, say to the driver she'll get upset but put her in the car and just take her on away and my mum had to obviously just like wave me off and for me I was like well why is she not upset like I'm so upset and this but I know how hard now looking at it, how upset she was, but how much she had to hold it in to help me. And yeah, I think now I'm older, I really have had to appreciate that a lot more and realise how much that, you know, I kind of put them through in that instance and how much commitment and time they had to put into me to take me to my football, you know. We did football sessions on a weekend, uh, tournaments on a weekend. So it took up the full weekend. You play a few games Saturday, a few games Sunday. And the team I was in was pretty good. So we generally always got to a semi or a final. And again, memories of picnics, my grandma, my granddad and my mum and stuff. And I'd eat a ham sandwich and some crackers and cheese and then run around on a pitch for a 7v7. And then, but just little things that really at the time, you just, I guess as a kid, sometimes you just expect and you shouldn't. And now looking yeah. back, thinking, do you know what? They put so much time and effort and give up a lot. When I talk about how much I've given up to be where I am, my parents have given up 10 times more than probably what I did. So, yeah, yeah I it's a newfound appreciation. And obviously, now that my mum's obviously not with us, like, it's 10 times more again, you know, because, again, I don't get them t- that time to appreciate it with my mum anymore. So, yeah, them memories and stuff yeah you feel a lot more yeah yeah I'll bet um 
And what was the point that you and your parents realised that you might have a special talent at football? I mean, obviously on that first day, you know, you were told, oh, you know, your parents were told, oh, she's she's quite good, actually. But what was the point where you were like, actually, this could be your your job, your career? Yeah, um, I don't know if I knew or my parents knew before me. Um, I I actually didn't turn professional till I was 19 at Sunderland. So obviously, I mean, I'm saying it wasn't that long ago. I'm now 28, so it's a little bit ago. But um, I think when it became a reality, I obviously joined a senior women's team when I was 16, which is quite young when you look at that now. So a 16-year-old playing in a senior team, you don't often see that anymore. Obviously, you've got young academy players, but I think it's 18 before you can sign a pro contract now. Um, and I got, I loved it, but if I think now a 16-year-old getting thrown in at deep end playing in the top league in England and running around with these grown women, obviously I didn't think that at the time, but I did I did pretty well for Sunderland. I um started pretty much every game at sixteen and was a regular player in that, you know, the senior squad. So I think my first few years at Sunderland, I was like, Okay, I'm actually pretty good at this. Scored a lot of goals, which is always nice. Um and then I got offered my first contract when um I think it was uh twenty sixteen I got offered my first contract. So I was um my mum was actually my agent at that point, so we get we went into actually barter with um, Sunderland to say, "Oh, let's see how much you think we should ask for." Not having a clue, That's amazing. like, yeah. and my uh, they turned around and said a lot more than we thought they would say. So we were trying to not act surprised, me and my mum. And then my mum went, "Well, <laughs> and, yeah." So it was this literally like when you think about it, how far the game's come in such a short period of yeah. time. It's crazy. But then my mum would be like. Well, maybe what about housing and car allowance or something like she's able to drive now, stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, no problem. And we were like, oh, well, what do we ask now? Like it was like yeah. we, just, we were very much <laughs> like we didn't out of our comfort zone. And um, yeah, obviously, after that, a year later, I moved to Arsenal and I had an actual agent at this point. My mum still came with me, but I had an agent and obviously they did all the the talking and bartering and probably did a better job than me and my mum but uh <laughs> yeah um weren't you offered your dream like being signed by Arsenal a bit earlier than that but you actually turned them down yeah so at the time Sunderland were in women's super league two um so we got promoted with Sunderland to the WSL one which was the top league and I, Arsenal came in for me and said, we'd really like to sign you. Um, yeah, basically left it at that. And I was like, oh, like, this is again me. I was like, oh, is it me being not in my comfort zone? But my mum and dad at this point agreed with me for once. I was like, I think I need a little bit of experience in the league um, to play regularly, um, understand it a bit more. Whereas if I think I'd have gone to Arsenal that season... Would I have played regularly? Would I have sat on the bench? Would I have developed as much and got the experience that I needed? Obviously, it was a little bit of a gamble because if I had not played well that season, maybe Arsenal wouldn't have wanted yeah. me anymore. So there were obviously it was like it could have gone either way, but um, yeah, I chose to stay at Arsenal and ended up be uh, sorry at Sunderland and ended up being the top scorer in the league that season, playing for Sunderland, and we played we finished fourth. And again, my phone obviously rang again at the end of that season. Arsenal like you need to come to us like. And I was like, yeah, I think it's a good time for me to go now. And yeah, I went to Arsenal and, you know, started as a number nine for a little bit for them. And then obviously 
we went and signed Viviana Miedema and I thought, oh great, I'll have to play on the wing now. So then I changed position. So yeah, very good timing because if I'd a, I, I guess the gamble paid off on this one, but that's not always the case. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and you know, you've mentioned already the importance of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone um you know and it's something that a lot of a lot of adults do struggle with like my 12 year old she's um she's a dancer so she does sort of competitive dancing um and recently she entered a singing competition and when I asked her why she said that she wanted to push herself out of her comfort zone and I was like whoa when I was 12 I didn't even (sighs) think that was a thing like I was so impressed so why do you think it's an important thing for kids to be able to do? I mean, pretty impressive for a 12-year-old, by the way. Um, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't <laughs> have been doing that. I don't even think I'd be doing that now, to be fair. I can't sing, though, so that's maybe why. Celebrity X Factor, come on, it's calling you, Beth. It's <laughs> calling you. <laughs> I wouldn't last. I'll tell you, I wouldn't last long. Um, but, I mean, I guess more kids could be like your daughter, but that would be incredible. Um it's not an easy thing to do. Get out of your comfort zone. I think we all say that. Get out of your comfort zone. Don't stay in the place where you feel like you you feel good. You, as humans, we can always you know develop and learn. And again, I hope the book kind of helps in the sense of I got pushed out of my comfort zone. Luckily, I had the support of friends and family to help me do that. Not everybody has that, so I always try and say if you get a good support system around you as best as you can. Um, that really helps with you know moments when you want to push yourself and go out of comfort zone that you have them people to know like you know that you're they're your comfort zone they can look after you to then push you even further and I mean your daughter must have a pretty pretty good support system to be able to you know push yourself out of that comfort zone so um yeah I'm pretty impressed by that but I hope more kids can you know can do that because what I always think now, what is the worst that can happen? You fail, you go again. Um, and we've all had that. We've all had barriers. We've all had failures. But it's a, I always say it's the way you bounce back and you come back from that failure. And you sometimes learn a lot more from failure than doing and succeeding. So, um, yeah, I think that's important for, you know, you, the next generation to, you know, understand and learn as well. Um. Now, obviously, you've had quite a bit of sort of defeats and disappointments over the years and you were injured in November. And am I right in thinking that you're not competing in the World Cup, which is coming up very soon? So 
what's it like to be missing out on something so big and how are you using that disappointment to bounce back from and come back bigger and better yeah um obviously yeah I took a nasty injury in November one that generally would keep you out nine months if things go well um I used this injury as my motivation to try and get as close to this World Cup as possible. Um, my coach knew that, obviously, both at Arsenal and at England. And I knew there was a possibility that I would be pretty tight to try and make it. Um, but it was important for me, mindset-wise, that I was willing and could look myself in the mirror and say, Do you know what, I've done everything I can to get as close to that as I could. And again, you things and negativities that happen you you can use them and use them as motivation and yeah it was hard I had to bite the bullet obviously when I knew it was I wasn't quite ready to be able to go and at the same time it's like I would love to be there with the girls and represent my country in a world cup but would I be playing my best football um could I do the best for my team at that point possibly not no so it was a tough decision but I think it's one that's obviously quite sensible I'd like to play football for quite a bit longer so I now have the opportunity, you know, to get myself into a good and positive place, um, give myself a little bit more time and I'll get a proper pre-season before the season starts. So hopefully I'll, I'll be ready and raring to go for a new season. But yeah, these things unfortunately happen within sport and they happen within life as well. Um, I don't wish it on anyone, um, but you deal with what's in front of you sometimes. And this was something that I had to deal with Um I keep joking, really. I'm like, I'm out for nine months. I might as well have had a baby in that time because it's the same amount. So <laughs> could have multitasked, really. But you could have multitasked, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. So yeah. okay, let's go back. Let's go back a year. The Euros. I've got to ask you yeah. about it. Are you still on a high from just the incredible, the incredible win and the performance that you put in? I think that'll be a free high for life. Um, Never ever in my wildest dreams did I probably growing up think I'd play for my country. Uh, never mind being able to do it in my home country. A Euros in England, you know, a final against Germany, which you couldn't write really. It's quite historic at Wembley, home of England yeah. in front of, you know, 80,000, 90,000 people. And you go and win it. Like, it's what dreams are made of. And honestly, the feeling of doing that was honestly the most incredible thing I've ever ever done and I mean it's what we what we are all you know striving to do but not everyone's lucky enough to do that so to say you know I'm a, I'm a European champion I've got a gold medal around my neck and obviously the plus of winning player of the tournament and top scorer was very nice icing on the cake so um, yeah it'll be one that will give me a free high for life that one. That's so good. So good. Um, From my point of view, as a mum of three girls, um, it felt like such a, a huge emotional feminist moment. Like we watched it at home. My yeah. eldest was 11 at the time and she'd played on the girls like school football team. And it was just such a moment. Have you heard similar stories from other mums, not just of girls, but just of kids who were just so caught up in the moment? Yeah, um, you know, I did actually a book signing yesterday and I met a lot of young girls and aspiring lionesses and Arsenal players a lot with tops and their shirts on. And it's just so refreshing, you know. We were caught up in such a bubble of um, what we were doing in the Euros and it was great for us at the time because we kept on, you know, what we were doing, we were motivated. But we sometimes don't 
get to feel or see the outside world and to hear stories and see videos of people in the front room dancing and crying when we won and you know these young girls coming and being like we were at the game and you know I was so so happy and I want to be like you when I grow up and I'm, I'm trying to be a right winger or whatever it may be like it gives you goosebumps like it's honestly it, it's incredible and I'm lucky enough that obviously I, I was able to do that um, I now get to share my story through a book and help them girls try to get as close to that as they possibly can but yeah it's a feeling that I'll never ever get old you know young girls coming in with your name on their shirt and the your number on their shirt and I'm thinking I'm just Beth Mead like I'm a girl from you know North Yorkshire <laughs> honestly and these girls like some girls were getting crying and getting upset I'm like why like I'm I'm not gonna bite you like but it's it's just a surreal feeling it's honestly it's one of the most incredible feelings knowing how much of an effect you can have on someone because in my obviously in the book like my I have hero chapters and I got chance obviously to be a friend my hero is now on you know a friend of mine Kelly Smith who's obviously at Arsenal um and now she I think she's going to join our coaching staff a little bit more next season for um and she's I've just talked to her day in day out but that was one of my heroes growing up and I remember going to see her play one day and meeting her and I was just a mute and a couple of the girls yesterday that I met were quite quiet couldn't spit words out or they were really upset and never ever was the, that young girl meeting Kelly Smith think I'd be doing that to you know the next generation of girls either amazing it's amazing and there has been a huge increase in interest in women's football hasn't there since mm-hmm. you guys won the Euros and you're playing in front of much larger crowds aren't you with Arsenal oh it has blown up like I think it's one of them you know the legacy we wanted to create we wanted to create it for the next generation and keep it going not just for it to buzz for a couple of months or and you know people are being so invested you know I think something this season which was a record I think as an Arsenal team we have the highest attendance record in the league 250,000 people came to watch us last season play and Arsenal obviously in that sense have been incredible they have um, you know hosted us at the men's stadium we actually sold out the Emirates 60,000 people and it wasn't just because people were there and just jumping on the bandwagon. Like you could feel the stadium. Then people wanted us to win. They were so invested in us as a team and as players that, um, yeah, it's just been honestly incredible for the whole league. But obviously we've seen it from a perspective of playing for Arsenal a lot and England. We've sold out every game since obviously at Euros. Um, so it's yeah very much exciting times for you know women's football and women's sport in general what do you think's next like where do you think it will go from here I mean we're lucky enough like I said at Arsenal we're playing in the men's stadium a little bit more regularly but sometimes we play at a stadium which is lovely but it holds 3,000 people so I think the next step you know for the game in general for every team within the league be able to play in you know much bigger stadiums get the crowds get there get people there um, give people the opportunity, you know, to come and see us because, you know, I cut off three, four thousand at this stadium. If more people come, then they can't come to watch that day. So I think the next step is to, you know, give us the stadiums to get the people there and, you know, get the bums on seats. Yeah, I and mean, we've come a long way, haven't we, since it was at 1972 when women weren't allowed to play professional football. I mean, we've come a long way. Oh, I mean, you still don't believe it when you turn around and say they banned women from football for 50 years. It's just ridiculous. 
because women's yeah. football obviously back then got more attention than men's football and shock the men didn't like it so um <laughs> here we are again we're rebuilding and hopefully we'll get it into a good place again yeah um and you were awarded an mbe recently weren't you yeah. and you met the prince of wales what was that like <laughs> again another pinch me moment um I, yeah i got the pleasure i took my dad my brother and my partner viv um to windsor castle um yeah meant prince william himself obviously he talks to you he, he knows me as actual human being which is crazy to me um and just talking to me as if we've known each other for years but yeah to get an mbe um at the you know the windsor palace was just incredible it was an amazing day um and a huge honour. Um, I just wish all of the girls had been able to get one, not just myself and a couple of the other lionesses. But fortunately, it wasn't meant to be this time. Yeah, another time, another time. Yeah, yeah. Um, now the the past twelve months, like we said, have been filled with a lot of highs and lows for you. How do you keep your mental health in check when it must feel like you're on a bit of a roller coaster? Yeah, I think you know November. Well, I say September last year to, you know, even now. Um, yeah, I, I got a big injury. I couldn't do, you know, my job or the sport that I love. Um, I lost my mum in the January uh, to cancer. Um, yeah, it's it's not been, diff- it's been really difficult. It's not been easy. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough that at both England and Arsenal, they offer um, psycho- psychologists, so they help in that aspect. Um I'm very good and an open person. I'm very good at talking, so I don't keep things within me very much. And I know I have a good, again, support from my friends, my family, my partner, that I know I can speak to them. And I'm very, yeah, I'm very open and honest in how I am. And if I need to let my emotions out, I do. And I think that's okay. I think, you know, again, life was put into perspective when I... um lost my mum and when I found out my mum had obviously cancer when she was first diagnosed because I obviously took this injury in November and I'm out for nine months I can't do what I do for nine months but my mum was ill for a year and a half and then obviously lost her life to something she couldn't you know fight back anymore so yeah I think I'm very much like I have a perspective on life and that's down to my mum but it's also not, it's not easy and people, it's okay to not be okay. I think that's very important for people to know. Um, yeah. But finding the correct support and your correct way of dealing with things is very, very important also. But yeah, I try to, I think some, Viv gets annoyed at me a lot. I try to put a positive spin on a lot of things in life. Oh, I try to put perspective <laughs> on a lot of things, which she, she's sometimes the opposite. So it doesn't sit well, but that's my way of going and dealing with things and everybody's different. But I think if you can, you know, find that way and of dealing with it in your way and you feel good and healthy about it, then that's okay. Yeah. Um, like you and Viv just seem like a really, really lovely couple. And I think you describe yourselves as the posh and becks of the lesbian world. Um, <laughs> is it important to you to fly the LGBTQ flag, especially when you have got so many young people looking up to you? Do you know what? I think in the women's game, it's amazing because I don't sit there and think I have to post a post about coming out or being with who I'm, I'm with. You know, I'm ha- I'm happy. I'm, you know, in love with who I'm in love with. And that's OK. Um, you know, when some male footballers feel 
one they might have never ever come out because they're too scared to but some feel like they have to do a big media story and announce it and things and I think the amazing thing about the women's game is we've always normalised it we've not made it a big thing and you are who you are you are who you fall in love with if you're happy then that's okay and I think that's important if you want to be with a boy girl non-binary whatever you want to be that's okay and I think um you know it's important for the next generation to understand that as long as you're happy you're healthy and you're doing what you want to do then that's okay and I think the women's game women's football and women's sport is very good at just normalizing that in comparison to the men's game yeah yeah so good finally Beth you have come so far if you could go back and tell young Beth one thing what would it be live in the moment enjoy every moment you know I look back and I think you know I really enjoyed school but at the time I didn't like school or I loved simple things in life and I think being present and being in the moment um is very important um so that would be my advice to younger younger Beth and see again I think that's something that we could all take from so I think you need to repackage your book as being a (laughs) self-help guide for everyone (laughs) (laughs) Beth thank you so much for joining me today it has been absolutely wonderful to chat to you thank you so much for having me Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.